0: Welcome to Remso Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one, the only, Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso one zero one. That's R E M S O one zero one. Follow me. I'll follow you back. That way we can go ahead and expand our ever loving liberty family. And you know this is this is a great time to be alive here at the Remso Republic. We've got a very cheesy, totally rip off motto that we try and do very well each and every episode. Bear with me if you've heard it a trillion times before. It goes this way. Making freedom fun again. I'm talking about the ideas of individual liberty, economic liberty, limited government, and the idea that I'll do me, you do you. We don't use the government as a violent middleman, and that way we can go ahead and live peacefully as long as we don't hurt each other or take each other's stuff. As always, to you know, kind of top off with that, you can follow me on Facebook at Remso W. Martinez and on Minds.com if you're not into Zuckerberg's fascist utopia. Um, this season, we've had kind of a theme going on this idea of the disruptors, you know, the people that take creative disruption to the next level. It's not just something that we're seeing now, because now that term is something that exists now, but we've seen creative disruption throughout the story of humanity. What we have now at our fingertips makes us more powerful, more knowledgeable, more capable than any other human beings in all of existence, if you really think about it. And this should be the time where we're looking at how do we expand peace? How do we expand you know a higher ability of living, a higher quality of living for those amongst us? The poorest person today in the United States is probably living in a better environment than most kings did two, three, four, five hundred years ago if you really think about it. And this should be the time where we're addressing a lot of the you know a lot of the more cultural problems. And with that, is charity um, the idea of how do we treat those who are lesser amongst us has been something that you know the left always throws at us during every election year and then every other moment they don't necessarily care um, you know with net neutrality it was oh think of all the poor people that will now have to pay fifty bucks an hour to go on Twitter think of all the people that you know won't be able to watch cat videos unless they pay a trillion dollars to uh, you know Comcast or something. Um, Oh, if you give, you know, if you go for the Republican tax cuts, uh, poor kids in public schools won't get their Obama meals of a hot dog and a bag of chips. I mean, it's just stupid stuff like that. And the great thing now is that the Democrats, the progressive, the left, they suddenly like the idea of decentralization because Hillary Clinton's not president and the Democrats aren't in charge. And uh, it's really funny that now they love the idea of uh, homeschooling and states' rights and stuff like that. And I'm loving them watching this. I mean, I'm loving watching them deal with this. And, you know, I I think this is a time for us to not just play with the narrative, but own the conversation. When it comes to charity, that's something that I feel that everyone just kind of gets wrong. Now, I went to Liberty University where we had our forced volunteer service hours. And I always thought it was just really disingenuous because forcing someone – to go do volunteer service is no different than saying oh well you know let's just tax this person and give it to other poor people It it's just very disingenuous and typically when I do see people online go ahead and donate to something or get involved with a cause I call it selfie syndrome it's just so materialistic you want to get the t-shirt and you want to go with the hashtags and you want everyone to know what you did but god forbid I ask you for a dollar to go towards something that's going to really make a difference in somebody's life and that's like ah I that's too much. Really? You paid for Netflix this month. I want to go ahead and expand on this conversation, but I want to bring in someone who's kind of the charity. Oh, Let's call him the the Peter Thiel of charity because he's found a way to do something which is so simple. It's revolutionary. He's the founder of DonorC, the app which gives you the ability to see your charitable contributions in real time and actually make a difference in somebody's life. Ladies and gentlemen, Gret Glyer. Gret, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. That was quite the introduction. Appreciate it. Now let's, uh, I am so glad I got you on for this because I think I'm a bit of an asshole sometimes. (laughs) And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to get my ego stroked a bit. I like to have people tell me that I do good on stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I like it. Everyone likes it, but I do stuff all the time in my community that I, that, if you weren't like my family member if you weren't like my girlfriend or something you would never know i don't tell people how much money i give to stuff i don't tell people what i'm out doing for my church i i just don't because i just think you know when it comes to certain things you should have a little bit of hubris you should not do it just for the you know, your own self glorification. Well my favorite shows right now is on NBC. It's called The Good Place. And you have this one person who died and went to this version of heaven and she has no clue why she's with, you know, a bunch of people that she considers lesser than her. And then she finds out it's hell for those of you that You know, love that show and didn't want to get spoiled. Sorry. Like I said, I'm an asshole. But long story short, she found out she's in hell, not because she didn't do enough for charity, not because she didn't bring enough awareness to stuff, but because she was doing it for her own self-glorification. So, Gret, my question is this. Are we so vain that even when we try and be charitable, we lose the whole meaning and the whole understanding of what charity and
1: voluntary service really is? Okay so that's an interesting question and and I'm not sure answering it is the most productive because on the one hand it's it's almost impossible to do Good without being rewarded somehow, and you can try and separate. Well, is it selfish that I'm doing good, or is it not selfish? But what you can ask is, what is is what I'm doing effective? Is what I'm doing productive? And I think that might be a better question. If you start out with, is this gonna is this gonna somehow be interpreted as a selfish behavior? You know, I it, it could it couldn't, and um, there's a whole bunch of different ways to slice that. I would say a good start would be not telling people about it. I think that's a great way to great. Um, Perspective to take, but at the same time, I would say, you know what? Maybe just uh, look at what the, what's the end result. Are people being helped? Are are people who have no clean water getting water to drink, and so forth?
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And you know, when when it comes to you know starting out with just don't. Try and bring attention to yourself. You know, I come from everything from a biblical worldview. It's that if you're going to do something good, don't do it to glorify yourself. Go ahead and glorify God. But, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a former Liberty University student um there were a lot of people i call it i call it selfie syndrome it's that we constantly have to bring it back to ourselves and even when you look at it from like you know an objectivist an ayn rand perspective if it's selfish but it's doing good does the intention really matter do you think that you know charity if it's being done regardless as to the intentions do you think it can be cheapened
1: yeah uh, that's a good question i i it, there are things that are not measurable, right? So there's there's certain things like I would say compassion is one of those things where you can't exactly put it in a beaker and measure like how many units of compassion are present in a given act. And I, I do think that there's something to compassion that um, with with it being present in a certain uh, act of charity, it's it, the, the recipient is better off than it not being there. but how do you measure that? How do you record that? I'm not sure it's I'm not sure you can say. Okay, let's uh let, let's play around with a hypothetical here. And there there are
0: no right answers. Let's just uh let's just kinda play around with this. Okay, so we can't measure intention, so let's measure results, regardless as to worldview. You have two people. You will we'll say you've got person A and you've got person B. Person B went out and went to a third world country and uh, you know helped helped make a well in this village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you've got person A that wants to go ahead and make the well, but they want to go ahead and uh, you know lobby their congressman or senator to go ahead and send another team out to go do something, whether it's a government agency or an NGO, to go out and make the well. Is, the per- is there a right way to do that? Is one person better intentioned because they went out and did it or were they well enough intentioned because they forced somebody to go out and do it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I like from my personal politics, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a libertarian and I, I see a certain amount of immorality in forcing other people to do things, especially if done through the government. Um, so I, I would say I'd much rather have a person just go out and do it themselves than, uh, petition the government or, uh, compel their, their fellow citizens to go do that. Um, if the end result is the same, but by, but, but, the result was achieved either ethically or unethically, I would, I would say go with the ethical, ethically achieved result.
0: What about to the person that's receiving it? So you've got person A and you've got person B, and then you've got George in Uganda, George in Uganda got the well. If let's say he sees two villages where person A, you know, had someone else build the well and then person B built the well. Do you think that, you know, He should complain. Oh well, look at all the resources and the time and the bureaucracy that was wasted building person's a well. Or should he be happy that you know, even though it took a little bit of time and it wasn't as formal, person A got us the well as to their own volition, so to speak. Or do you think it doesn't matter?
1: Yes. Yeah, well if you're asking me to put myself in George's shoes and you know I have 200 of my closest friends and family and fewer of us are gonna die now fewer of us are gonna get sick now from George's perspective I would say it doesn't matter I would say George is happy to have the well um, and, and and at that point that that's where this this conversation I think starts to break down because um, yeah on the one hand uh, like we want people to have clean water and we want it to be done in the most altruistic, uh, selfless way possible. Um, but on the other hand, if you're George, you just you just want clean water. And there's a lot of people in this planet who just don't have that. So that's kind of my my take on that. And, and you're absolutely right. And the biggest thing you brought
0: up is, you know, this is where it starts to break down. I know for people listening, it may have sounded like I was just really nitpicking and getting kind of ridiculous, but that's the thing. The part that's really frustrating is that I think for a lot of people, we separate intention from from results. And I, I get frustrated when I see somebody do something with ill intent, but the results are for good. You know, people look at, um, uh, JP Morgan and John Rockefeller and, uh, you know, Andrew Carnegie. And they're like, well, look, they helped build a school. They helped build a library. Look at all these good things they did. But then it's like, oh, they didn't do it because they wanted to really help people. They wanted it To be, you know, they wanted that stuff to happen because they wanted people to like them. I I feel like we're moving into such a society where it's like, unless you get something out of it, unless you get some type of praise for it, it seems like the overall definition of charity is less about doing good for good's sake and it's giving someone a handout to make yourself look like a hero.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would say that you've tapped into something that I've noticed myself, and I'm very disturbed by it. And I think it's like I've been to these really large charity balls where people are texting one, five, ten thousand uh, dollars just onto like this big screen up front, and you know, it's it's like these people in really nice suits, and and they're showing off how much money they're able to give in one night, and it's very. I don't want to get like too too ahead of myself, but it seems obvious to me that. A lot of this is for show and for status and, and very little of it has to do with uh, with the impact that it's making or, or the victims or whoever it is that, that would potentially be um, receiving this money. And I, and I think the danger there that, that that produces this mindset, which you've alluded to, is that fewer people more and more charities are ineffective and fewer people are actually being helped. Like it's creating charity is becoming way more about the donors than it is about the recipients of the donations. And I think that that's, that's a horribly backwards thing that our society has to, has to deal with as soon as possible.
0: Exactly. We're going to go ahead and continue this conversation, but we got to go ahead and pay the bills around here. Quick word from our sponsors this half hour. We're living in the cryptocurrency revolution, folks. This is the age of the blockchain and everything else. The, the central banks, the fiat currency you have in your wallet, it's not going to be worth the same thing. Tomorrow, as it was yesterday, it it's not safety. You need to get a little bit of skin in the game, whether it's with Litecoin, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I, I mean, there's a new thing coming out every day. Go ahead and do me a favor. Go ahead and join Helium. Go to remsoRepublic.com/sponsor. Click on the picture that says "Join Helium" and get involved in the cryptocurrency revolution today. It's the Join Helium image at remsoRepublic.com/sponsor. You're listening to the Remso Republic. We'll be right back after this. Join the Rimsa Republic on Patreon today! 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 today. Hey, that's pretty good. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Rimsa Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out.
2: Hello, my name is Alex Merced, and I am a libertarian. I invite you to join me in spreading the message of liberty. Come down to alexmerced.com where you can find videos and lots of other media to help educate people about liberty and more. I've also created learneconomicsnow.com as a quick way to show anyone the basics about economics. Libertarian101.com, a great starting place to learn what is libertarianism, how to get involved, and how to move things forward. IntroTheLiberty.com where you can learn more about how to spread the message of liberty through positive messaging from people like myself, Larry Sharp, and Michael Pickens. And don't forget libertarianpodcast.com where you can find an exhaustive list of libertarian podcasts for you to enjoy. This is Alex Merced. Follow me on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. And thank you very much.
0: Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen.
2: We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's
2: like the <laughs> most contact I've had with a hooker. It's, <laughs> it's them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter.
0: <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. What? This
2: large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked to tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours, like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, We pulled over engine trouble, and, and, what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know, it's, I don't know, it's, oh, oh, God! Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out
0: PricePodcast.com for more, that's P-R-E-U-S-S-Podcast.com. Okay, everyone, welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation from earlier. We were talking about the intention behind charity. Now, it's, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and this might frustrate you a little bit. I, you know, I apologize in advance, but uh, I've been ticking off a lot of my fellow libertarian peers, even some conservatives on the right, because I um. I come at everything from a biblical worldview. People are like, "Oh, you have to separate your religion from your politics," but I, I don't. My religion is my politics. And uh, one thing I hated growing up was, and you know, I, I went to one of the most affluent public schools in the country. I went to a public school in Fairfax County, Virginia, and uh, you know, just like Liberty, we had to do our forced community service. Uh, you know, we had our voluntold volunteer service to do and they always came at it from oh you you owe something you you have to give back it was less about, you know, do it for the right reasons and it's more of a guilt trip. It's more of a, oh, you have so much, therefore you have to give and you're greedy. And then it, you start going down kind of like, you know, this this whole tornado of, okay, what is greed? What is selfishness? What is ego? Because we touched on it earlier, you know, greed is good sometimes and then greed could be ultimately destructive. If the intentions are one thing but the results are another, you have to go based off what is being produced. And This is where some people who have really good intentions, they start to get trapped in a lot of left-leaning thought because then, you know, as I mentioned, are we becoming more vain? Do we just care about vanity and how this makes us look? Um, You start to wonder why. Uh, A big... Thing I get is that, you know, we live in the, you know, the super plus age of materialism. And then you have some people are on the left. They're like, yeah, materialism is the sole reason. I totally agree with you. That's why we need to go ahead and create a socialist utopia where we just go ahead and disperse everything. So before I get too ahead of myself, is, do you think materialism is the problem or is it something grander than that?
1: I would say material, materialism is a problem for sure. Um, but yeah, I would, agree, I would probably say there's a, a multiplicity of things going on right now that, uh, that create this, this charity, um, issue that we're seeing today. Uh,
0: shooting from the gut. What's one of those things that comes to mind
1: apart from materialism apart from that? Yeah. Um, so uh, vanity would be another one, uh, which is kind of in a, uh, in a similar vein. I would also say ignorance is like a huge problem right now. There's a lot of myths that are going around. In fact, before we started this um, this podcast, uh, you you mentioned about wanting to talk about how Americans are the most generous people on the planet, and that's actually not true. And I've, I've written a, a blog post about this called "The, the Myth of American Generosity," um, and and the the statistics on it are, are very misleading, and and they don't represent um, a lot of uh, they they don't accurately represent the generosity of people living in the third world um, because they they use uh, they use a lot of things that they use a lot of statistics that basically um, would only apply to people giving in the first world like when, when was the last time you gave to a charitable organization things like that so I, I would say D- Dinesh D'Souza, D'Souza lied to me <laughs> uh, he probably <laughs> not, pr- I wouldn't say lied but he's, uh. he's probably just mistaken on on this particular uh, this particular subject what What were some of the factors
0: that I know you addressed some, but you know the biggest things I was going off of in one of the studies I saw was even after taxes, Americans are willing to give more of their post tax income to charity than any other nation in the world is that is that true
1: um well it, it, I would say it, yeah, I would say yes, that's, tr- that's true, but it's a, a huge caveat is required. I mean, you have to think of this from someone living in a village who doesn't have the, cap- the capacity to give to an organization, but they still give a large percentage of their income away to their neighbors. Like that's something that's not at all reflected in this in this uh, this survey that was done. So yes, Americans give away a lot of money to organizations, or at least more than other first world countries. But the the village dweller who whose neighbor gets sick and and they give away thirty percent of their income that month to help out their their friend that, that those types of things are not reflected in this in this report. So uh, America might be the most generous first world country, but their generosity isn't. Uh, is is not even comparable to the generosity of people living a lot of people living in the third world
0: so gret you've uh you've traveled around a lot more than i have and this might just be my first world ignorance but uh you know I, i've, I've got to ask a totally ignorant question yeah please based off what you know our culture depicts of the third world, and you know let's just use. And I know this is terrible, so I'm sorry, but we <laughs> no choose worries. a random tribe in Africa. Based off what you told me, I would assume okay, because most of the African governments are a form of socialism, and they're deeply affected by the influence of Marxist communism. Even when you go to a tribal level. Most of the time, I would assume that this giving is not voluntary, but it's something you have to do, whether it's based off some form of governance or tribal law that dictates you give X amount of what you have
1: to others around you. Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't say it's based in Marxist thought because a lot of these uh, rituals or these societal – the the way that these societies operate dates far Prior to Marxism, but I, um, I, I would say it's it could be for survival. Um, in other words, the reason that people are are giving away so much of their income is because. At, they need to, uh, to survive. So in other words, uh, I get, I'm, I'm, my neighbor is sick this month. And if, if he doesn't get $10 for me, which is half of my income, then he's going to die. So I give him $10, but I I know that sometime in the next two to three years, I might be in the same position and I want to be, um, the recipient of a favor at that point. So that, that type of thing, um, does play, does play a factor for sure.
0: Kind of, Kind of stepping back a little bit because, you know, we're, we're the clock's counting down. I've got only so much time with you. I kind of want to wrap this together. It, when it comes to just the outlook of the world right now, would you consider yourself a pessimist or an optimist?
1: I would say I'm mostly optimistic, but um, I, I would say there's plenty of reason to be pessimistic.
0: Do you think because of lack of a biblical worldview, we're having this problem with understanding the true meaning of charity, or do you think it's because of all these exterior things such as materialism, you know, the, the way that our culture idolizes people over actions and good deeds and stuff like that?
1: Right. So I'm a Christian myself, and I would say that that plays a a large role in it. Um, there are plenty of very generous people who are, who are not Christians. Um, But one of the things I want to kind of make clear is um, I I would be critical of uh, what—you cite a biblical worldview, which I also have, but I also look at how the American church gives and how little they they care about issues that I see as very important, and I I wouldn't hold them up as like a a beacon of— uh, I wouldn't hold them up as as a large example that that lots of people should follow. I would say, if anything, they're a huge disappointment to you me. You can in- go
0: ahead and say you don't like Joel Olstein. I don't think anyone <laughs> listening likes yeah. him either. I, that's kind of where I, I, that's
1: that's part of where I'm coming from. For and, and, sure.
0: and I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. You know, I, I keep going back to Liberty University, and you know, I like the Falwells. I think a lot of what they do is good. But you know, uh, I hated it when we had some basketball player come to the school and he was doing a shoe drive. And I just finished watching Poverty Inc. And I'm just. They- Thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to put so many African shoemakers out of business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then you look at all these televangelists and everything. It's like, you know, we can go ahead and, you know, just attack people who are atheists, who have a secular worldview. But it's like within Christianity, we failed to even have that direct connection. It's like even when we go ahead and send missionaries out, we're not going the Apostle Paul route and sending them out for several years, it's like a week the most right. hardcore young evangelist I met was like a month in like yeah. El Salvador and he was staying at a hotel w- why do you think that has you know deteriorated because it's one thing to go ahead and look at the the results and I think the results in this is you know we have this secular mentality that's deteriorating uh the definition of charity but if we're going back to the cause of kindness the root of charity itself, the Christian church within the United States has
1: not done a good job at that. Why do you think that is? I think there's a few factors. Uh, Two of the books that have impacted me the most in my understanding of this topic would be Bad Religion by Ross Duthat and then Coming Apart by Charles Murray. And both of them talk about some of the forces at play, and some of them are are things like materialism and the widening wealth gap between um, the upper class and the lower class and how the upper class is – like in the 1950s, a wealthy person and a poor person might live literally like right next to each other, like in, in the houses right next to each other. And that doesn't happen today. Like the wealthy people live in wealthy neighborhoods and poor people live in poor neighborhoods. And there's a, a large segregation going on. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a combination of these of these forces that's causing these things. And I would point people to those those books to get a deeper understanding of, of the forces at play.
0: So, Gret, I've got to let you go in a minute, but final question before you leave us. What you've done of donor see has given people the ability to empower themselves and empower those around us. And as we have discussions like this, obviously we were never going to find the answer to the root of all the all the ills of humanity in a, you know, in a half hour show. But as you see the world around you as you see what you've been able to do yourself, do you think we're going to start placing an emphasis on charity the the, you know the the more we grow as a society and by that i mean do you think we'll actually care about the intention for charity or do you think we're just going to go ahead and say okay there's another telethon on let's go ahead and give five dollars and maybe we'll see one of our favorite celebrities sing. Mm i mean do you think we'll care less or
1: more about the real root of why we should be charitable so one of the things I'm seeing a lot, especially when you bring up things like materialism, is this: is people uh, getting to the end of materialism, getting to having all of the wealth they ever dreamed of, and then still feeling empty at the end of that, and wondering what do I do? And I'm I'm hopeful that that uh, right now America is is a very wealthy country. They they might not feel like it, but they they are. And I'm hoping as that. As that continues and as people get to the end of that and they realize, oh wait, there's more to life than just wealth, um, they start investing in a lot more meaningful places. Sometimes that's relationship, but also charity is another uh, is another factor that I, I, I hope that this um, that our society kind of takes more seriously. Because if if one of the, the things one of the 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 greatest poverties of our country, of America, is our meaninglessness. Like we just we just soak up what, our entertainment. What do you mean by that? Well, we soak up our entertainment, we go to our nine to five jobs, and we just don't know why we're doing what we're doing, uh, a lot of people. And um, and we, we don't have a lot of purpose to our lives, uh, and, and we don't feel a lot of purpose to our lives, I should say. Um, and I think that when, there, there are lots of ways to to get purpose. I think charity is one of them. I think relationship is one of them. Um service is one of them but but the uh pining after wealth and materialism uh, is not going to do it for you there's lots of good reasons to pine after those things but but they're not an ends in and of themselves
0: totally 100 percent agree we've definitely got to get you back on the program and talk more about this but Gret, for those that want to learn more about donorcy how to get involved you know learn ev- about everything you're doing how could they do so
1: I would say go, go to donorC.com and get started. You can just give a dollar to a project and kind of see what we do. Um, also, you can reach out to me. I'm Gret at donorC.com And I, anyone who wants to help or wants to get involved in any way whatsoever, um, we're, we're totally open for, for volunteers and things like that. We're always looking for people to kind of volunteer whatever it is that they're good at. So if you're a, a lawyer or an accountant or you can code or something like that, we're, we're always very appreciative of the, of the volunteer time that we get from people.
0: Outstanding. Gret, you're doing God's work on earth. Greatly appreciate everything you and everyone in part of DonorSea are doing. Um, you've definitely got all the support from Team Republic. Thank you so much for coming on the program once again. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Why did I say once again? This is his first time coming on. Maybe I'm excited because we get so much fun opportunities in the future, but you know, it's another day, another opportunity to go out and learn and try and get involved in the world around us. One thing you could do to go ahead and help expand this message, folks, is very simple. Go ahead. It costs you nothing. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes today. Helps us get on those trending charts for news and politics in North America. Last season, we hit number 25. That was insane and we don't have a george soros npr budget where it's just producer ryan and i and everyone else that supports us one thing you could do is support us on patreon for exclusive content uh cool opportunities swag every season we give a free signed book from an author that is helping advance fun and freedom at the same time last um the last time this went around for season four $10 pledgers and above got a customized copy, a customized signed copy, that is, of the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History by Dr. Tom Woods. They loved it. It's awesome. Go ahead, support independent media and the cause today. And as always, be good to your neighbor. Go out and treat yourself a bit and tune in next week, America. I'm Remster W. Martinez. Good night.
2: Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting renzorepublic.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.